I'm an American. You're a sick. Yeah, let's cut to the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? You're drowning and I throw you a life jacket. Would you grab it? Yes. Good. Pick up 200 shares. I won't let you down. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Ask him how they'd like to see 30, 40% returns. What are they going to say? No? I don't want to see those returns. Where's the money, Lebowski? You're going to make a lot of money, right? Be aggressive. Learn how to push. Show him a 3% return. I'll trust you to watch his kids for the weekend. I'm a big fan of money. Move around. Motion creates emotion. I did not know that. That's it. I'm done. Hello and welcome back to Saxon Jackson. I'm Tom Merrill. He's Matt Byrne on the board. We have Greg Pappas in, us with stu- in studio. SP Futures up 1975. Nasdaq Futures up 87.50. We're trying to make up for last week's lousy week. The uh, We have... Uh, so what's the latest on Hurricane Hillary? I, have you ever heard so much about a rainstorm in your life? I mean... Uh, Hurricane that? Hillary is, uh, what, 46 miles an hour winds now or less. Yeah. And it's uh, dissipating quickly. Well, it's a lot of rain. Yeah, um, lots of rain. Maybe it'll help. Uh, maybe it'll help uh, Lake Mead. You know, <laughs> Lake Mead. Yeah, it's pushing on all over there. So the uh, bunch of they had a bunch in in Vegas and central uh, central Nevada and a uh, I don't know. I just obviously it's a, it's an unusual occurrence. Um, it's officially a post tropical cyclone. Yes, whatever guy's name that is. Yeah, it is now running right across. You know, it must be running right over. It must be running over. What's the uh, double secret Air Force base in Nevada? You can't even fly over? Area 51? Yeah, I think it's... Uh, is that That's not the one with the... Uh, what's the one with all the... the Winnemucca is where I see it. Or, yeah, it's right, running right up uh, yeah. the middle, uh, making Nevada lush for a while. Las Vegas must have got some rain. Yeah, Humboldt National. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's raining on a spot where it never like rains before. But I just I uh, one point five inches of rainfall. Watch out. Yeah, and in, in, in California, all this hoopla, they got like two and a quarter inches in some spots. They came down pretty darn hard, and those guys are not really set up for that. I get it, but uh, uh, really, one place here though, Raywood Flats. How would you like to live in Raywood Flats? Ten point five inches of rainfall. Yeah, uh, just glad I wasn't in Cabo San Lucas and and. Tijuana when it was... One to three inches has fallen across L.A. and San Diego metros, while three to six has fallen in the mountains surrounding the metros. Bris- Here's another great... God, these are great names. Bristlecone, Nevada. Uh, measured about six inches, which breaks the rainfall record for a tropical cyclone or remnant, remnant in Nevada. Good for them. So there you go. Uh, and a little bit of moisture in. Yeah, well... <laughs> Problem is, it just runs out there. It doesn't soak in. It just runs. Right. Did you I'd ever, be out uh, there drilling holes. Did you ever drive from uh, Phoenix to Vegas? No, I've, I've always wanted to rent a Mustang and do that. It's a, it's a very interesting ride. Every few miles, you you run across, you go across a dry wash, and it'll be like Greg's dry wash, Matt's wash, hmm. and, and you know, once every God knows how many years, those things it rains, and those things are full, and you don't want to be in one. And it's uh, just a whole different topography. My first time I went to Vegas, with my buddy Doc, not Dr. J, he drags me out there. Hey, we're going to Vegas. Okay, we're going. And uh, we stayed in a place called the Flamingo Capri, which was next door to the Flamingo. that became the Imperial Palace, and now it's something else. Uh, but it's before the Imperial Palace, I mean, for God's sake. It was, a, it was a motel, meaning the doors open outside, right? 
and in the middle downstairs there were like three rooms missing uh oh and in, the, and in the parking lot was a yellow line in the middle it said dry wash do not park here so when it rained do not it would it would you know the water would rush through there the street the street between uh Bally's right, right well actually now it's you'd say it's between uh, Caesars and uh the Ven- what's the cross street the Venetian the Venetian cross street whatever whatever one the cross street is uh that street acts as kind of a dry wash if it's raining out there at all one part by the curb is rushing by you like six inches deep huh the whole area I mean it, the water has to go somewhere it cannot soak in the ground at all it's like right. the whole, I mean, it's got the uh, the desert is not like you see in the Sahara or it looks like you could just rain there and the water would just run in. It's not it like that. It's not sand. No, it's, it's just like crushed whatever, and it just races. So, yeah, three, four inches of rain out there is a big deal. But, but these dry washes were there from eons ago, because evidently it must have rained there at some time, and, uh, and they're there, and they, they, and they become, shall we say, functional. Um, but the th- weird part of this Watch is... Watch out. Don't be in the way. I saw there was a bunch of water in Palm Springs. Oh, yeah, they got, they got a lot. They got more than uh, L.A., I think. But even then, Palm Springs is not set up for three or four inches of rain in, in yeah. a 12-hour period. I mean, for God's sake, neither are we, really. Uh, Wait a second. Well, <laughs> the I mean, largest infrastructure project? And yeah, and in the world, in the world <laughs> ever. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing that gets years. me is that everybody is... 50 years? The, the complaining, it's like somebody ought to do something about it. Like, even the guy in Hawaii, he's, or the guy in California, he's talking, uh, we have to stop global warming. Now... I get the part. I mean, I, I, I try and read everything I can. I get the part about... He likes pushing rope. Yeah, that we're, that we're a little... We're, we're, the last 20 years or so, the world is heating up some. You can't deny that, for God's sake. But the, the causative effects, just because they brainwash you every day that you're the one who did it, doesn't mean it's true, <laughs> right? I mean, the idea... So this guy's point is, if we don't stop starting our car... If, somehow, if we wouldn't have driven cars... This wouldn't have happened. And yet it happened in 1939. It's possible. But it happened in 1939. Anything's possible, yeah, Chief. I know, but I'm saying... They've gone after the ag sector more than a lot, too, because of the methane. It, c- it could just be a uh, 100-year storm. Because the last one was in, in what, 1939? The one that ran all the way up Nevada and caused all kinds of problems. Now, who, who caused that one? Seems like we get a lot of 100-year storms. I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm yeah. saying, but the, the causative effect is not... You know, everybody's got it all figured out that it's it's the guy next door driving his car. It's never them. Right? I wish this confidence was was ap- applicable to futures markets. Oh, without make a doubt, a lot of money. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I I, I don't think that it's a really good idea <laughs> at all to be to be dirty in the place up. I mean, I get it. I'm not I'm not for pollution. I'm not pro pollution. I'm just saying, before everybody says everything about everything, you, you ought to at least have some some real facts behind it. Here's what's happening. Okay, we got that part. And here's what caused it. Well, do we really know that or not? Yeah. That's <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to pin down. Hard to put a causal relationship on complex systems. Matter of fact, the thing that zeroed us in on me is some guy some guy writes in the Quora. Uh if ever seen that thing. Talk about why why has the continent of Africa never seem to produce a country that is like democratic and, oh, and, and normal and blah blah blah. There's a loaded question. Yeah, well then you know it's it's now of course the guy answering the question didn't want to attack the last three hundred years. <laughs> he, he, he zeroes back into you know five thousand years ago. And, <laughs> that's 
Well, but I, convenience. Well, I, you know, I. But you know what though? There was stuff in there I never, I did not know at all. Evidently, five to fifteen thousand years ago, the Sahara was incredibly, you know, it was green. Right. And and your biggest country, your biggest cities in the world were like Carthage, and Egypt, and those kinds of places. And they were they controlled the Mediterranean, blah blah blah. They were there long before Rome. And evidently, there was a, a tilt. A tilt happened in the Earth at Earth's axis, yeah, axis, which all of a sudden made the Sahara what it is today, and you actually you know blew up all those places. But you know, that, so that's a great question as to why you know Rome started to go faster than Carthage. It's not exactly answer the question the guy really asked, but but you know we don't want to get into that. But the uh, I did not know that. Well, emissions wise, I mean, you could take out. A significant chunk of our emissions, and it still wouldn't make a, a no. big dent in global. Well, how many how, how many think emissions were in these wildfires? <laughs> a lot. But I mean, it's it's to the point where yesterday I'm listening to some guy being interviewed on the Hawaii thing, and he goes, "It all could have been preventable." Preventable by who? The Hawaii. Yeah. Well, I mean, depending on how you clear those brushes and well, and okay, if you take care of the power lines, maybe if, if we. There's no doubt that the power line stuff, all that stuff has to happen. The idea that you you blame the guy who resigned last week for the whole mess. I mean, really? <laughs> Nobody has that kind of power except the big guy upstairs. Yeah, I mean, the thing used to be what? Pineapples? And when those guys left, uh, there was no maintenance whatsoever. And nobody cared about what was underneath the power line. But it still doesn't mean it would A bunch have, of grass yeah, that's it's, overgrown. It's, be I know, but careful. it still doesn't mean it would not have happened. Right. There's always going to be fires. It's... I mean, there's no, way there's of no, clearing itself. There's no power lines up in Canada where these places are burning, right? There was no when, when Yellowstone went up. There was no there's no power lines there. Happy to have that over with here, man. Yeah, well, it was, it was a little bit yesterday. It was bad. They had to stop the uh, air show for half hour on Saturday morning because of the haze. Really? Yeah, it didn't start till ten thirty because of the wildfire haze, so it blew out. Oh, was Saturday a gorgeous day or what? Yeah, it was. Real yesterday nice. a little, little too warm. And Matt's going to report the rest of the week is going to be uh, brutal, eh? Last week and a half. Yeah, yeah. Two weeks. No, next no next Saturday is Sunday. It'll be 72 degrees or something. And then all next week's cool. Uh, not, not a lot of moisture, though. No. I pay attention to the moisture. Play, play, so what's going on in the futures world? Futures world, I guess I guess we're uh, we're up today. Energies and grains are, are up today. We got uh, not a lot of moisture coming, but... What what they're doing this week in in ag land is kind of the what they call the crop tour, where you go out and you get a very detailed survey of how your crops are doing and and then report back in a week, and then in terms of the beans and corn, you've got a decent idea about what to expect for harvest. So you know, pretty big week. So you think we could send like Matt and Andrew out there and say, get out there, check out those crops, and come back in a week and let me know what to trade? Yeah, you hop on the. Hop on the uh, pickup. You uh, maybe fifty or eighty miles apart. You just keep going, keep checking, and it's. You I mean, drive it's down the highway. What it, do you do? It was more important, I guess, when there weren't satellite data. But to get out there and actually take a look at you know how the beans are doing and into the field where how the corn is doing. It, it's beans can still can still do. You know they can still be varied right now, but um, corn is is pretty much going to show. I think they're going to be set in their predictions after you know this week. 
Yeah, in. unless you get some kind of unless you get some crazy wind or, or rain, or uh, well, they really the the new seeds do they have do held up incredibly well, especially for you know we had a we had a prolonged we had wet in the beginning and then prolonged little dry, and so um, right now I think the estimates are right about what was it more than more than 170 170 it's between like i think right now the estimates are between 171 and 178 bushels per acre average so but now in illinois it's usually over. in illinois it's over yeah, yeah in illinois it's over 200 so um that's those are what we're looking at at least in grains and so wh- where are they priced these days um which one well well which is Where's corn? Corn, they're not high enough for the guys to make a big year, the farmers, right? Right, but, you know, you'd like to think that the past couple of years helped smooth this year out. Um, I'd say top step, or that... Well, it didn't if they had to buy a pickup. <laughs> Call it around $5 in corn for, you know, going out even to March and last year 24. Was what? Was it, what did he get last year, 8 or something? 6, 6, six yeah, 7. Depending on, it all depends on where you hedge it. And then beans, if you look into... Uh, Call it Nov and and Jan. You're at thirteen eighty, so thirteen eighty. And if put that in perspective, uh, the beans are thirteen eighty. And if you get call it fifty one bushels an acre, you know seven hundred three bucks per acre. Not the worst. So you get fifty acres of uh, soybeans. You get two hundred two hundred fifty bushels of soybeans. You get two hundred bushels of corn. Uh, in Illinois, yeah, but I would I would do go off like the one seventy five. Is anybody doing if they plant the soybeans? I was seeing last year the one seventy five at five bucks is eight seventy five. So still, you know, better to corn, but beans are more resilient. And they so. were talking last year about uh, guys that are doing the soybeans. If they really really step lively, I think they they could get a pea or a, a spring bean crop ahead of before you have to plant the soybeans, and it's very accretive to the soil or something. You ever, you ever hear about that? cover crops yeah yeah that's you want to keep the biodiversity within the first few inches of the soil because that's that's how your nutrients are generated for the crops so if you have dead stuff in there and it's decomposing and that's feeding the the biodiversity in the soil why is uh why is corn so drags everything out of the soil and soybeans put stuff back just because you leave the plants there or what uh, I'm I'm not positive on that one. I know the rotations are very important for for maintaining that biodiversity. We don't really have to use any fertilizer on soybeans, do you? We do. I mean, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But corn is. I mean, if you go corn is two more. or three years in a row, corn in the same in the same land, you really have to fertilize the hell out of it, don't you? Yeah, that's corn pulls up a lot more nutrients, and so what most people do is rotate. Well, there you go. Well, that would be the idea. But most people, they look at the price and they decide what they're going to plant, right? Yeah. If you get a really high price, like say it was last year, a year and a half ago, you say, well, this is worth it. You know, even if we reduce our yield in the future, it's still worth it. So we're going to do it. Well, some of this stuff has gotten incredibly complex. I mean, in terms of... Everything's always complex. Well, (laughs) but I mean, now you, you look at the price, you look at the fertilizer, say, all right, I really don't want to plant corn the third year in a row here but boy it's nine bucks a bushel and uh fertilizer is only a dollar a bushel so uh you know we're gonna go with it again i mean uh i don't think you can just keep doing it every year though can you 
eventually have to plant something else. Yeah, eventually you want to do it. I mean, if you're paying especially huge land rents or... So do you have your, your farmer online you can call, like all the other guys? The farmer online? You know, there's a solid community on online. Right. So you don't even need to pick up the phone. You just take a look and... We used to have Is that guys farmersonly.com you're talking well, about? Well, that's a... They actually have farmer... Not a bad idea. <laughs> they have farmer dating account. Maybe you should try that. Yeah, they would probably laugh at me. Well, I don't know. If you, uh, Spreadsheet jockey. If you had a, if you had a, you had a big enough uh, account over on the Board of Trade, they'd, they'd <laughs> fuck you. Just, just say it. What would your buddy Coach say? If you got dough, they'll work with you? <laughs> yeah, he's... <laughs> <laughs> we got to get Coach back at. He's around. He's around. He, he's one of, the, one of the funniest guys. But uh, Yeah, so, I mean, we have uh, the market. What, what is your, your read of where we're going here? He's... I mean, I just Where's the, the S&P? 4,400? Uh, 4,403 or spot on. Yeah. So, you know, we're just bouncing around a lot of noise. Um, I don't know what the VIX is, but the VIX probably... Well, it was up last week, but not near as much as you would think. It's 1,753. Oh, so 1,753. So if it's, you know... If, it was over if the market like forever. Is, if the market is 4,000 and you've got a 18 vol, you know, are you prepared for it to go up or down 700 points this well, year? Yeah, well... So. I'd say that probably. What do you think of all this bank stuff? I mean, another couple, the uh, the guys downgrading all this stuff and everything. I think I, they're late. You know, what a bunch of goofballs! Who's they're just trying to stay relevant. So. Well, so but how do you? What would you say as a guy who's you know traded some of the bond stuff over the board of trade? Somebody, you see this deficit growing, 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 right? And you and you see the interest rates going up, 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 which means the federal government's got to pay more, more, more. I mean, this is not rocket science. This is this is this is third grade economics. So someday somebody says, "Okay, you guys aren't triple A anymore. You're double A plus." Or I think whatever. it's completely arbitrary. But okay, so what does it? What does that even mean? It, it, it's it's kind of a wake up call, but for what? I mean, we're really not talking about them not printing enough money to cover someday. I mean, uh, for it, us, it doesn't mean anything because we we have there's no actionable information about that because besides maybe funds that are required to hold AAA securities. So if you have a fund that's required to have AAA securities and I don't know, you know, how many of those really move markets but but if they have a bunch of American you know, whatever AAA it can't, be, it can't be a fund that has that. So if their requirements are to have AAA required I mean there's only a few here in the US so you know, good luck. But I don't see how that helps us in any way um, besides, you know, paying ratings companies. Well, I it's mean... It's accretive to GDP. Well, the, uh, <laughs> there's only uh, two companies left in the S&P 500. They're you know, Microsoft and Johnson & Johnson. Yep. Yeah. Used to be GE, used to be GM. Right, and look at how those, you know, fared. And were they late to that or were they early? They were probably late. Well, they never, they never didn't pay anybody. Well, G- GM certainly did. Not pay anybody when they went bankrupt. Yeah, and AIG was AAA. I, I don't believe the rating agencies just because they don't have anything to offer. Well, I mean, I I, mean, I don't know. That it's, I'm saying I don't think that the U.S. government is is uh, is actionable. You rate the U.S. government. I rate. Well, um, <laughs> I rate them a lot higher than Moody's and Fitch. I know that. Well, I, but I mean, you ask yourself. <laughs> we asked the uh, Pearl comes in the office, and I go, Pearl, why do you think it happens on a certain day? Her response was. Somebody showed up someday, said, I'm going to do my job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a... But, I mean, I, I, somewhere along the line here, you can't be doing 
31 trillion, 38 trillion, 45 trillion, and that not have a, some sort of a wake up call. Have you seen uh, what what's his name Vivek has been saying online recently? Uh, no, I can't imagine what he's saying. He's going to reduce the Fed's headcount by 90 percent because they're all worthless. Um, that's I mean that's one way to. Well, they, they, we, we don't know a lot of people that uh, haven't worked in the office in how many years? Four or going on four? I don't know if they ever really did that much. At least now, they were, at least they were that here. said, they have been right a little bit more recently in that the <laughs> they they were, yeah, I guess they've been ahead a little, a little bit, but who knows? Well, without, without uh, criticizing the individuals there, I mean, we probably already did, um, I'd be happy to criticize. But how? How? Just look at the the, the job. You know, open open your eyes, grasshopper. Look at the job, the job, and it's supposed to be an independent agency. <clears throat> but look at the pressure that's on them. I mean, who? We're, we had a time of crisis with Volcker, and he was an unusual sort. And Jimmy Carter put him in there with the intention of him running his own ship. Nobody since then has been put in like that. I mean, I, I can't imagine, as much as you know, we think if we were the two-headed monsters in the run of the Fed, COVID shows up, these guys pass a $90 bazillion bill, send checks to people. I don't know that either one of us has the stones to stand up and say, Congress, Mr. President, knock, your, knock yourself up, but I'm not helping you. Yeah, if, right. I mean, you either this is what Ramaswamy said. He goes, I would put the Fed back in its place to have a single mandate focus on stabilizing the U.S. dollar as a unit of measure, and then it was, uh, let's see, restores the stability of the dollar. I think it will remain the, the world's reserve currency. Um, he said that it's weaponizing against the U.S., so... Uh, it's not, it's, not, it's not really. Because I, w- I think the right answer is not necessarily to go back to the gold standard, but more precisely to go to a gold-like standard, which is a basket of commodities that includes farm commodities, gold, silver, nickel, etc. It's a diversified enough basket of commodities, then there would not be a volatile dollar. But, uh, but, but you, I and I, you and I know, I don't know that you've spent your life doing monetary theory like me, but I, we, we all know the, the, the issue. We all know this guy is coming out and saying what they ought to do, but it has to do with the power of the position and the balls. No, nobody, you're, you, we're not, we're not going to put uh, a type, an alpha male in that spot and, and actually do their job. We, there's only, there's only, if government wants to spend too much, they can only do it one of three ways. They can either tax more money, which they don't want to do, right? They can either. Uh, they can definitely tax more. I mean, well, but they're, but no, right now they're not. They're tax rates have gone up to. I understand. Well, that, that, that's part of it. You can tax it, you can borrow it, or you can print it. Right. Right. Well, nowhere in COVID were they going to raise taxes. No, nowhere were they going to. Who are they going to borrow it from? Iraq. So that, that left printing it. So even you know, and, and, and the question is how much? How much? I mean, are isn't you, printing it, borrowing it? No. Well, you're from making the it future. Up. No, you're just you're just making more of it. Right, but that's, it's that's coming from somewhere. It's well, coming it, well, from the it's, future. It's not a stri- strictly borrow. Is you go out and you sell, you sell ten-year bonds. You take the money in and you send people checks. 
where somebody actually you actually owe somebody. That's not what they did. I mean, the cash, the cash would be coming in and going out, but in terms of you what's just, borrowing, it's just. But I mean, where's it coming from? They're mean, borrowing from at, the future. But you're looking at that's sort of esoteric. I'm, I'm talking about a serious borrowing is. So I I'm borrow a twenty from, and I'm esoteric. Well, I'm saying <laughs> if I borrow twenty from you, okay, I owe you. If I just if I just print, if you borrow twenty yourself. You you. But I'm saying if I just have a printing press, grab the twenty and, and give it to you. That's what they're doing. Right. That's. But I mean, but I, we didn't have whoever was in the job in 1968. I don't think it was Schultz yet. It definitely wasn't. Who the hell the guy was? Maybe we could find out on break. He didn't. I know Schultz's grandson. Yeah. Well, whenever they decided awesome. to uh, to do uh, you know put get off the gold standard so they could. Put more money out there to pay for the Vietnam War. Whoever was in charge of the Fed said, "Not on my watch." And he didn't say that. So what happened is, what? Fourteen years later, you ended up having Volcker. But it started in '68, right? I mean, anyway, SP futures up 23 now. Nasdaq futures up. Maybe actually an up day. Be right back, Stacks and Jackson. Investments will make you wealthy. Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck, get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630 401 8810 or search us on the web at cognoshr.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here. 
Jackson Jackson, I'm Tamara Greg Pappas in the studio. We have Matt Byrne on the board. SP futures up 22, Nasdaq futures up 93. The headline is Stack Futures Nudge Higher After Another Losing Week on Wall Street. Dow Futures up 108. Individual stacks in the Dow. Everybody's kind of up some. Microsoft's up a buck 81. That's probably the outlier. Uh, we've got Visa up uh, 108. Uh, um, Chevron Texaco up 135. we got oil up somewhat here this morning, finally. Um, over in Asia. We've got the uh, Nikkei up 114.4%. These guys were getting clobbered last week. Hang Seng down another 327. Greg, we're going to talk about these guys. That's another 1.8%. This China thing is worrying them. But Jesus out of me. Shanghai down 39, 1.2%, 3,000. Uh, nudging to- 3,092, nudging toward 3,000. Uh, Friday, that was actually up 25. S&P down 65 cents. NASDAQ down 26. So we almost made it across the board on the plus side on Friday, but still not. Uh, DAX up 115.7%, FTSE up 37.5%, CAC around up 84, 1.2%. We've got bonds up 5 basis points to 4.3. The Bund up 5 basis points, 2.67. Japan up 3 to 0.66. We've got oil, as we suspected, up 92 cents, 82.17. Almost ducked under 80 on Friday, but didn't quite. Uh, Brent up 81 cents, 85.61. Natural gas up 8 cents, 2.63. Arbob up 2 cents, 2.84. We got gold, wow, big rally up a dollar seventy, nineteen eighteen. Silver up twenty two cents, twenty two ninety five. Uh, silver remains, well, for a moment anyway, a good buy in the mid twenty twos if you can get it there. And as soon as you get to twenty five, it seems like you want to sell it. Uh, copper unchanged three seventy. Bitcoin, which got clobbered last week, is down another one hundred fifty six today, twenty five thousand nine sixty nine. Uh, over thirty thousand, I think, last Monday, wasn't it? Wasn't it, Greg? Uh, we also have the U.S. dollar. Uh, reasonably weak today. We got the euro is up uh, 36 to 109. We got the British pound up 25 to 127. It's 0.3 and 0.2% respectively, but still up, down, up, down. They've been 109 and 127 really for about six weeks now. Uh, Matt, what do you have for us? Traffic, weather, sports. Big, yeah. big, big golf tournament yesterday. Oh, definitely, yeah. Uh, I, I, I will get more of that uh, for the next break. Uh, it was not packed with golf this session, uh, but it's currently 6.36 a.m. on August 21st, 2023. Uh, as far as weather in Chicago, we are at 71 degrees with a high of 80 degrees today. Uh, mostly sunny skies throughout the day with some mixed clouds. This week, we're under an excessive heat watch in Chicago. We're expected to have a high of at least 90 degrees or more from tomorrow through Thursday with a high of 101 degrees on Thursday, if you can believe it. Wow, yeah, that's a lot. Uh, down in Phoenix, Arizona, cloudy skies, 82 degrees currently, a high of 95 today. In the MLB yesterday, Cubs won against Kansas City Royals, 4-3, and White Sox won as well, 10-5 against Colorado Rockies. Tonight, Cubs play Tigers at 5.40 p.m., and White Sox home with Mariners. Catch that at 7.10 p.m. The NFL wrapped up the second season of the preseason yesterday. Uh, Saturday, Bears lose to Colts 24-17. That's all for now, Chief. Back to you. Were you guys glued to that? Do we have Mr. John? You do, Tom. All right, uh, were you guys all right, glued, you guys glued to the Bear game? <laughs> I confess I wasn't. Rather watch paint dry. Got it. <laughs> Did you watch any of the golf thing yesterday? That was pretty interesting. Golf and tennis were good. The, uh, I actually like watching because I've actually played that course. Um, not very well, but uh, I've played it, and it's 
the thing is, 7,400 yards, the par 70, if you're a golfer, you know what that means. And the guys are 1,600, the guys 1,600. It's really un- incredible when you think about it, how good these guys are. But as the guy said, the course is very hard, but it's also very fair. There's no, like, greens where if you get up there, the ball rolls back down on the fairway or anything like that. So if you actually hit your drive... But one of the guys yesterday hit one 360 yards. Unusual. You've never done that before? Uh, no. <laughs> I've, I've gone over 300 a few times, but not, not you know, downwind we're landing on ducks back. But uh, the it is bizarre that the... Uh, we're, it's it's a great sport. The skill is incredible with these people, but it, it's so bizarre. I've said that three times now. The aim of the sport is to get crummy and old players to buy equipment that gets them an extra yard. I mean, can you think of any other sport where you could show up at a football game with your own ball and kick it out of the stadium so the next year where he's got to make the stadium three times bigger? <laughs> it, it would make no sense. Or you, where we show up with our own ball in the baseball game, where if you hit it, it, it lands, you know, in the lake or something. It would really drive up ticket prices, though. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess it would. But I mean, it, it, when you think every single golf course now is essentially obsolete. Well, Olympia Fields was—I think it was built in like the twenties or something. They it made is, it longer, it, but it is gorgeous. Yeah, they made it longer, but like that's. Well, I mean, it's seventy-four hundred yards. That's incredibly it's, long. It's yeah, it's. Oh man, they make it super hard, even more for these tournaments. So plus that six inch rough, you got in a rough. These guys are screwed. They, they, they and were they've got the water. It's yeah. the water. Or were they on the which course? North. Were they? Yeah. North. So that's the <laughs> the water's all over that course. <laughs> we played a, uh, a a scramble there. That's the way to play that course well, with a course, scramble. You know, best ball. This is your 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 other buddy Greg. Get a load of this. This is how people. You know, I I do wonder sometimes. We, he's a horrendous golfer. <laughs> the other guy with us is pretty bad too, and I'm. He's got the new hip though. He's got to try out the yeah, new hip. And, and I'm like real bad now too, right? So we're, it's this huge wind, and we're playing a scramble on the north course at Olympia Fields, and we talk about a fish on three fish on dry land. So the lady, the young girl who's uh, who's serving hamburgers for lunch. You no, know, I of course strike up a conversation. I talk to everybody. I said, what's going on? Well, I play on, was it the Maris golf team or something? I go, really? And uh, I said, you ever play this course? She goes, no, I'd, I'd really love to. And I say, uh, what are you doing like after you serve burgers? Well, I have nothing to do. I'm just going to go home. I go, why don't you be our fourth? And Greg is outraged. Why I would even consider asking her. <laughs> First of all, she, wa- she wants because to Because she's a woman or because I, look, she's I mean, younger? I mean, I mean, I mean I, I'm not about to, you know... Be being ungentlemanly. She wanted to play. She had her clubs in her bag. She was dying to play the course. She's a good golfer, and we needed her. <laughs> like, I mean, what what's wrong with there were other women playing? It wasn't like she'd been the only one. Yeah, she was on the golf team. She yeah, carry the. I, believe me, we would use ninety percent of her shots. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's like, oh god, no, we can't. Okay, fine. So she goes home. Whatever. Love to play the course. Had her chance, and Greg says no. Anyway. I don't think that was untoward, do you? I mean, you got to win somehow. Yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't have put her in a cart with Greg. With her. <laughs> no, but I mean, it, it, that was just a question of, so he, he's blaming it on our caddy. Yeah, Because we had this horrible it. caddy. I'm like, well, the caddy, <laughs> what's he going to do? Hit, hit the, oh, anyway, it was bad. But uh, the course is unreal. And the soft course almost is as nice. 
And, and if you if you remember, there you just take the IC, it drops you off right at the gate. So if your clubs and stuff are down there, it's easy peasy. Don't have to drive. It's cool. I, I'm, I'm sure they're they're. Uh, when they played in 2003, I think Tiger didn't win. It was uh, no. Jim Furyk. Yep, he did. Pulled it out. Um, when 2003, one of my had a client. Chan and I are doing the show, right? Five to six, and a big client. Um, and uh, so he, he becomes one of these, uh, I just learned how to play golf. I'm going to play, like, no matter what. Absolutely was, you know, it got in his bloodstream. We we played one day out at Odyssey. There was ice on the on the, on the the water. Oh, no, I'll play. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Well, we went. We stayed golfing all the time. So he goes, he's like, you can get tickets to the U.S. Open. I go, yeah. So I got a couple tickets. And I, I said, this is, if you want to go, go on a Thursday or Friday because if you stay there in the morning, you get to see everybody in the morning. Well, everybody, they, they tee off both both nights for the first two days. This is the U.S. Open, not this thing yesterday. So they, they tee off both nights, and, and you get to see just about everybody. And of course, when Tiger was there, you could tell where he was. He's right. these massive amounts of people. <laughs> yeah, he's got to stay away from him. And then, uh, so anyway, he, he goes, I said, okay, I'm gonna, I'll do the show, then run over to the club, I'll clean up, we'll leave about uh, quarter to seven. Sounds great. Also, my phone starts ringing at quarter to six when Jan and I are doing the show on the score. I'm downstairs. Are you ready? I said quarter to seven. That anyway, so we go out there. We were like the first people there. It was pretty neat. I mean, uh, that one hole where they they showed the tee was all, all totally back up against the fence on Western Avenue. There, we hung out. We hung out there for probably eight foursomes. Was that on one of those six hundred yard holes? It, they just one. They just backed up literally to the fence. I mean, the, the backswing was almost whacking the fence. They're trying to make the hole as long as they could. Might have been like the fourth hole. <laughs> and uh, but I mean, I, I'm saying, hey, that's that's where we watched Jim Furyk walk up. I mean, this kid there was nobody following him. There's guys. It's weird in the morning. There's guys nobody even cares about. <laughs> they're, they're walking along, and and then there's then you see Tiger come by, and he's got this. I mean, it was like Arnie's army for God's sake. But Tiger, you know, obviously very popular and deserved deservedly so. But they were. It was it was really neat. I mean, I, I had a great time. But you know he. It's, it's like three in the afternoon. It starts to get a old, you know. So you guys hit the ball over the place, but <laughs> so you haven't had enough beers. Well, I had enough. Well, plus yeah. I, had, I had to get home somehow, and uh, you know, one of those sort of things. So I drop him off at like some train, at the, the Rock Island train in, in, in Tinley Park. I'm like, Ugh. anyway, but it was a fun time. And this thing yesterday was only fifty golfers, right? This, this I think is, so. Yeah. And then they keep talking about this being the, the sort of like the Western Open, you know. It, if you just say, if you lie all day long, is it, does it become the truth? Yes. <laughs> yes. Evidently. This, <laughs> this thing has 50 golfers. How big is your uh, your reach? Yeah. The Western Open was, there's no, there were only two real Opens left. Now there's only one. Which is it? Not the Western. No. The Western's gone. Yeah. Even though they claim, claim it's, they still put up money for uh, Evan Scholars. The U.S. Open is the only Open. The U.S. US Open is run by the U.S. Golf Association. All the other stuff is run by the PGA, and they don't get along very well. So the U.S. Open, you can actually, if you're a club pro, or even, I think, a really good amateur, you can actually go to open qualifyings all over the country. And if you're good enough, you can qualify for the U.S. Open. Same thing you could for the Western Open a long time ago. And the Western Open was run by the Western Golf Association. And, and all the pros did was whine because originally they wanted you to use the caddies that were going to get the scholarships. So they actually, the caddies from the area were caddies in there, and all the all the pros did was whine about having to use a regular caddy, and not their own guy. So they complained about the cars, they complained about everything, and it pretty much blew up the tournament. 
So there, but it was a massive family event. Anybody who's uh, talked to guys like Tommy Shanahan will tell you, every year he took his kids out to the Western Open. It was a big deal. It was at Cog Hill for a long time. It was at Butler for a long time. I saw it at Beverly years ago. And uh, uh, saw Bobby Hull doing autographs. But it's, you know, the, the, the politics that's in the PGA, it's now what? Owned by the... Well, we, need to get our, we need to get our handicaps down. Oh, God. You know. I think you need to be under two or something in order to well, play yeah. a qualifier. Oh yeah, you, well yeah, you got to be. We're not going to go out there if you're twenty. Just to, I don't know if they let you, but <laughs> no, they don't. That no. you need to be. I think two or under. Or maybe yeah. it's lower now. Well, most of the, the pros. I mean, if, if you're a two and they're a minus two, they'll spot you five shots anytime, anytime. I mean, these guys are that good. It's pretty. To shoot a sixty-one at that place, tricked out with a rough like that. Yeah, you're you're on. I think didn't he say that's like the best he's the best round he's ever well, played? He, he must have, he must have can. Well, he can what? The back ninety, it's seven birdies. It's like twenty eight. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's really that's really something. So John, we uh, have the all the the bank issues going last week. We had a kind of a crummy week in the market. There's not a lot of news this week, so I'm thinking we might have a bounce back here. I hope we do. Uh, what what is the uh, the news of the weird? We're blaming every storm now on global warming. There's no such thing as a regular storm. And you know what? Even my, my, my nephews yesterday were pissed at me because I questioned the global warming stuff. And they said... Uh-oh, Tom. Talk yeah, about a heretic. I know. I said, I'm not questioning the fact that in the last 20 years, in, in the, as far as we can go back, it looks like things are heating up. I mean, it, I don't think it looks like it, but they are. I said, but the, the causative part, I'm not going to let somebody tell me that I caused it or he caused it or somebody could I mean, we don't know. I mean, the, the record this this Wednesday uh, that we might break was set in 1947. Okay, so what caused it in 1947? It was 100 back then, too. And it's the storm in, in California. It's not as bad as one that was there in 19, what is it, 36 39 or, 39 or something? Okay, so what caused that one? Now, they're, they're absolutely convinced the governor of California is by, by global warming. What caused that one? No, I, I mean, I the the uh, to say you don't know is uh, is borderline. You know, that's it's global warming. Yeah, and yeah. that's true. I mean, the the there is a correlation between carbon emissions and and uh, temperature, but you know, there's there's a lot of other stuff happening. <laughs> in, yeah, in a complex system that. I mean, yeah, depending on. And depending on one is is statistically you know tough. <laughs> yeah, not to mention all we're going to do is is cut back on. The thing of it is, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't care if there wasn't if there wasn't so much money involved. I mean, if, if you can plead your case, certainly to this administration, and you say it's one thing to say, I know it's global warming and I'm a guy that I know exactly where it's coming from and this and that, uh, and they actually can prove it, which I don't think they can. The, of, of the causative nature, you can prove that it's happening. But then to run up and say, why don't you close these coal plants? And, oh, by the way, give me $100 million for my little project and give them the dough. It's all about who gets the money, in my mind. I mean, it's, you know, it's, like the, it's almost like the vaccines. Everybody's trying to get their dough. In order to get their money, they need a story. And we're supposed to believe the story. It's very unproven. I mean, are we going to stop buying stuff? For, if, if we cared about it, we would not only put more stuff here where we're more careful about emissions and everything else why would why would we off 
all this stuff to China when they don't seem to care? Do we think that if they belch out stuff over there, it's not going to be in our atmosphere too? And what? Or why would we buy into cap and trade, Tom, which doesn't reduce emissions at all? It just reallocates, you know, who gets to produce this stuff. You know, there's two levels of hubris that I see going on. The first level is we're the, the cause of this. Everything we have the power to do has screwed up the climate now, uh, ignoring the fact that the climate is always changing and there's some you know, things we can't account for with human behavior in the climate that are conveniently forgotten. But the second level of hubris is we know how to fix this now, too. Everything we've created we know how to undo. All it's going to require is that we, you know, turn ourselves into a pre-industrial economy and forget about fossil fuels and live a life unlike people are willing to accept. But that's what we have to do in order to, you know, atone for our past. No, that's, that's what you have to do. That's what. That's, that's not, right. That's not I mean, what I have to do. I can. I'm, I can fly in my my private 747 around Air Force One or whatever and tell you to stop driving your car. Or you get John Kerry, you know, testifying that he's never owned a private jet, only to have to admit that his wife owns it. <laughs> Isn't that scary? These are, these, are, these are the kind of crap-headed politicians we have to take orders from. Sorry. Well, it's, it's a lesson for you two guys. Marry a lady with money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the numbers-wise, U.S. is probably 15% of carbon emissions globally. Maybe, you know, give or take. But... China is 30 something so even if we completely obliterate uh, our economy and and whatever you know decreasing decreasing our emissions by call it 50 or 80 percent you know China's (laughs) if you were to I just heard a couple on the air and I wish I could remember they're they're not doing that but if if you were one of the guys or ladies that was getting the 50 million dollars for this thing or that thing I mean Thing was, that's the thing that bugs the living bejesus out of me. If we actually cared about this, rather than giving money to our pals versus the other guys' pals, if we actually cared, I would love to see it. You know, I would think if we were in charge of anything other than the show, <laughs> uh, we would we would get ourselves a group of people together and say, all right, there's no question that we want 20 years from now to be, you know, polluting and dirtying the place up way less than we are now. So we need. Uh, more renewable energy. We need tremendous amount of upgrade of the of our power structure, our grids, so that all our 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 power lines don't degrade the power over distance the way they do now. And oh, by the way, we're going to let anybody in, Commonwealth Edison. If somebody actually has wind power in, in South Dakota, and we have a, a high a high intensity line from here to there, you have to use that instead of something here. And oh, by the way, we need a nuclear program because we don't seem to have whoa, one. Whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa! Which is very. <laughs> but I'm saying we we need everybody. You can't just bitch at everybody. Environmentalists have huge problems with well, nuclear. People have problems with anything right now, right? Well, they have huge problems with anything. Our, I'd say, domestically in terms of our CO2 output, maybe half is from uh, electric generation and uh, transportation. So, like, once when you talk about a nuclear, you know, you're talking about free and cheap energy mm-hmm. for 25% of our uh, CO2 emissions. But that's a non-starter because of the uh, possible waste in, in accidents. There, but there are other, there's other 
ways to do nuclear. And oh, by the way, there's something called... I'm with a, you on that. I'm there, with you. There's also yeah, something the called a breeder reactor where all this waste was supposed to go. Right. And somebody bleep canned the, the breeder but reactor. That's, but that's, you know, a non-starter for even among the hardcore environmentalists because they say the risk of meltdown and the risk of uh, nuclear waste is too much. Well, you can use the solid sodium ones that there's no risk of meltdown. Right. But my, my point is, if, if we're, if we're going to be serious about this, there's a way to go about it. And it's not just everybody talking about it and giving out money to, to your pals because it, it, it's some other sort of deal, which is what's happening. And it's not the way to do it. I mean, we, we, we should actually actually have a plan. It's the way that we do it in banking. Yeah, well, I'm just... I'm just How's uh, that worked out? Yeah, well, <laughs> well, well I'm just, just saying. Uh, so, Jan, what... Uh, we had the, the city, we had the air and water show, which is pretty cool. Yesterday it was a little warm, but uh, a lot of stuff going on here. We had a lot of shootings as well. I like the part that they're even in the middle of the day now. There was two people shot at 79th and Kedzie. You know, we saw that at 2 o'clock on Saturday, at 2 in the afternoon. Um, what do you make of, 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 the, of the politics right now? We've had, we've got shootings everywhere. We've got uh, the first Republican debate is, is it tomorrow night? And, and Trump's not Wednesday night. Yeah. Is it Wednesday night? Uh, yeah. And uh, then you have uh, DeSantis, who was being interviewed last week, and he was talking about how he, he's not a big fan of uh, uh, Jay Powell. But then again, with the ego that DeSantis has, can you imagine the first time the Fed disagreed with what he wanted to do? Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I, I'm not so sure we're making a whole lot of progress here. Well, once I heard DeSantis say, you know, the Trump's supporters were listless vessels. I thought, well, this is the same boat Hillary Clinton put herself in in 2016 when, she, you know, she called them, you know, you just put them all in a bag of deplorables. When you start attacking voters because of their choices, then you kind of run out of ammunition. I, I, I don't think you, you know, can run on that kind of a platform and expect people to take your abuse and change their minds about who they're going to be for by insulting them. So. I, I think that was misguided on DeSantis's part. I don't know who he's got left in his inner circle advising him, but I really question his wisdom and ability to run a campaign. Well, you do. You do. I have people that I care about a lot. You do question at some point that the you know the world's greatest American and our savior, and the only guy that could possibly be in there, and the world's greatest president. When none of that is true, <laughs> right? I mean, it's, at some point you got to stop. You got to stop believing. You got to be like the kid, you know. Say it ain't so, Joe. You know, did shoeless Joe Jackson? I mean, the guy, the guy rigged the series. I mean, he did. <laughs> what, what, what? There's no two ways about it. I mean, I'm saying, what do you, what do you, what do you call? I mean, what do you say about somebody who likes likes a guy, and the only reason why they like him is he hates all he hates all the same people you do? Well, that's that's not a positive. I don't think. I, mean, I don't know no, what you say I, about those people, I, but. I, I, I'm just saying, as a, as a, a, a tactic on DeSantis's part to woo voters towards him, he's he, he's, he's not he's not succeeding at it certainly, and I think it, it shows kind of just how mismanaged everything is and how, how lackluster a personality he is. He just doesn't he doesn't create, you know, any fire in my belly. I know that. I would I would say the same thing. I mean, the the idea is to capture the feelings that are legitimate. The reason why people like Trump. Because they they don't like all the rest of the stuff that's going on, you should be able to tap into that without insulting somebody personally. Right, but Luke put it very well on your show last week or the week before how um, 
effective Trump was in harnessing the rage, and he, he used that word, I think it's exactly the right word, of how the people who have been screwed by the system, uh, which is, you know, always opposed to them, it seems, you know, they, they can always find some something more powerful than, than themselves that's, that's ruining their lives. But um, DeSantis has shown his complete inability to tap into that. I, I don't, I don't know that he could, but I would, I would expect you know somebody who's got presidential ambitions and um, is not a stupid person would be doing a better job. I would, than, I would agree with that. Uh, but I, on the, on the other hand, s- somewhere the rage has to be there. And by the way, I think most of the people on the show have the same rage. Uh, in terms of, well, I do. Yeah, I mean, I know I do, uh, but I mean, y- you got to get off the Trump bandwagon. I mean, he's 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 not he's not your leader. Let's find somebody who has the same rage that does a better job, and isn't as crooked, right? I mean, it's there's got to be somebody. It could be it could be a it could be a Democrat for God's sake, the right one. Because I don't think I mean who who is I'm well I'm a disaffected Democrat. I'm not happy with this at all. So it doesn't have to be somebody on an extreme right. Why can't why can't you be a pissed off moderate? Well, you know, you would think that, Tom. Except that when people are as enraged as they are, they really are not, you know, really wowed by somebody who is not equally enraged. And I, I think this is where it comes. well, you can be as enraged as not as loud. Well, but I'm, I'm saying, I mean, I I like listening to Vivek you know, Ramaswamy. You know, I like listening to RFK Jr. Um, and I could vote for either one of them, I think, you know, in a variety of different, you know, venues and running for different positions. Um, but I always get the sense, certainly listening to Ramaswamy, that he's, you know, trying to talk people down from their rage. And I, I can see the wisdom of doing that. I'm not saying that's not the right thing to do, or at least one, one thing to have in your quiver. But I don't think it's what people really are, are going to believe at this point and want to hear. They, they, they want somebody who's speaking their language and I think, you know, but it, but it's not, in it's a different kind of climate, you'd have, have a different kind of need for a different candidate. But, it's, but, a, I, I just, but it's, it's not you're, you're we got to dash off the break here. I would, I would who's, who's the guy from uh, the guy from Utah, the senator that no, no Republicans like? Uh, oh, Romney. I, I, w- I would bet you that if you actually put him in that spot that he would be way more effective Actually, effective at taking apart the stuff people don't like in Washington than Trump ever was, because he's ten times smarter. He's more effective, and he's run stuff. But but he's he's not going to scream and yell every day and, and name the people you hate. He's not your demagogue. I would I would bet that you would actually. Well, he's not even a Republican. Though. Well, <laughs> what I'm saying in terms of going against the Washington mess that it is, he'd be ten times more effective. He's just not as loud. Well, I don't know if he'd be that effective. You know, I think he's, he's, he's polished, and you know, he puts on. He was one of the first ones that said, was saying insurrection too. That's a non-starter right. for some of the base. Yeah, exactly, Greg. I, mean, I think he's he's been bought out. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get off the Twitter wires and who says this and who says which is which. You guys are right. That's as deep as anybody goes here. But somebody who actually is no, gonna, he doesn't get the rage because he's he viewed the. He viewed the January sixth incident as an insurrection, which it is. Well, I mean, well, that, that, that's a non-starter well, because well, there's well, been well, well, insurrection. Well, but, but I mean, it's not, whether you want to use that strong of a term, I'm not sure. But it was insane. 
It was totally right. so, asinine. So, it was yeah, to- totally provoked. That's why he uh, he can't get that same type of support because th- those people said it's not but an but insurrection. But it's another. Let's put it this way: none of us would have walked in and done anything, done any any kind of crap to the Capitol. An adult cannot be. Most of the people in solitary confinement didn't do anything, Tom, either. I, I, but they're in prison nonetheless, and they're facing stiff prison. What I'm saying is, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not for all the, the prison stuff and everything. You know, well, that, they don't, Jen, let's let's stop calling it an insurrection. Well, what and, and what, call it a protest that has been steered into that kind of framework by people who, you know, want that. People who are in the crowd. I I, I know that I'm not so sure. Can you get can you get a sandwich sign? It would fit me. Uh, I'm not so I would sure. be cheering from my apartment. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but if, if I'm going to walk up and down With City Hall, I would hope it is an adult. If I walk up and down City Hall and, and protest this mayor, which I could easily do, it, it's not the same as, as running in the door, going to his office, defacing the place, sitting in his chair and having a picture taken with me, my feet up on the desk. Mm. I know not to do that. Mm. Have that piece I passed around the other day from the Epic Times. I think nails how I feel about January sixth. Well, yeah, the the insurrection term is deliberately used. I, I don't think yeah, I, I, I I'd lay off using that term for me. I'll, I won't use that. Yeah, anymore. it doesn't doesn't work, Tom. No. And, and it's it's but totally. It's, but it was. But these are supposed to be adults. SP futures up twenty. You, Jan, you would never have done that. SP futures up twenty. I don't know if you have the energy to race up those steps into the door and into somebody's chair. I don't know. There's a lot of steps there. There's a lot of steps. <laughs> a lot of I, don't, I don't know if I could do it. That's what, I don't think I could do it. <laughs> SP futures up twenty four. Dazzy futures up one hundred eight. Be right back. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time to gain for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They're located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, 
or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. As leader of all illegal activities in Casablanca, I am an influential and respected man. Well, that'll be the day when you say goodbye. Hello, welcome back, Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howe. That burn on the board. Okay, everybody knows who that, everybody knows who that is. Of course. Of course. Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly. Although I feel like I am cheating because I do have the information right in front of me. But either way, I would know that's good The day the music died. Oh, yeah. Great gotta, song that. Well, you got to get that in the system as well. Yeah, I got an interesting story about that. Uh, mm. uh, not a good one, though. Ah. The, uh, <laughs> not, a, not a good one, unfortunately. Uh, SP Futures up 23. We're still hanging in there. And Nasdaq Futures up 107. Um, Jan, we, we, let's get into I want to get into some of the... Uh, Real estate here, China, and every place. But I'll give you a quick version of the uh, of the Buddy Holly thing. Mm. You know, of course, there was always controversy regarding the plane crash, mm. right? And uh, Matt, do you know the story? And what what caused the controversy? Was it the record mm. producer or something? Uh... Uh, actually, one that might that might have been part of it, but. The farmer, after they finally gave the guy his field back, mm. after they you know took all the investigations and all that stuff, is plowing the field up, and what do you think he, he finds is a handgun huh. with a one bullet discharged. Huh. Or one shell empty. I, I guess it had a powder in there, so they assumed it was discharged. So, of course, the story always was that somebody shot somebody, and that's why they went down. Or there was always this massive rumor, right? Wow, yeah. I've actually never heard that before, but that's, that, that's a pretty good story, I would say. And, and one of the guys, the big bopper, was the body was outside the plane. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, so somewhere along the line, they, they decide wherever he was buried, they were going to move his body to some place where, you know, was it a music hall of fame in Texas somewhere, John, or something or other? Yeah, the the crash was in Iowa, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, but wherever they buried him, they were they were gonna they found a new resting place with some honor. Uh, not that the other one didn't, but I'm saying they were gonna move. It. So they decided, should we do an autopsy? And uh, so they, this this was on uh, listen to YouTube. Is it? So Wait a second, are they saying like Richie Valens shot Buddy Holly or something? That, well, no, the whole the whole the whole the, the idea of the gun and was there, and the fact that the the big bopper was away from the plane. Somebody said he must have tried to get out, and somebody was still alive in the plane and shot. Whatever. It was just as soon as they found the gun, you can only imagine a million stories flying around, even, yeah. be- even before Twitter, uh, before X. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so they decided to do an autopsy on the bopper with his son's permission, but the guy didn't want to. He didn't want to open up the body in front of the kid. Well, his son. I'm not a kid anymore. So they have some way of doing an X-ray autopsy, Jen, where they take a gazillion X-rays of the body from every different angle. Yeah, I was remember. he shot? Well, that they were trying to find out. Mm. And, well, you'd uh, be able to find out. Oh, I don't know. Well, whatever. That's so they silly. But anyway, they decided because I, I mean, who knows how, how bad he was bashed up? 
So they take it, and of course they find no bullet or bullet fragment anywhere in, in the guy. But <laughs> the guy goes, if anybody ever thought what the cause of death was, the dude had 200 and some broken bones from the impact. Jeez. Even his jawbone and stuff were broken. It, so the so whatever it was, it wasn't. He didn't he didn't die because he was shot. <laughs> no, 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 which leaves where did the gun come from? It might have been somebody who was cleaning up the field. Who knows afterwards? But mm. but there was a gun found, and I you know Google that, Matt. Say so, um, yeah. D- d- uh, did the do you know if they ever found like a serial number on that gun? I, I don't know. They okay. Would, uh, why don't you why don't you check it out? I'm looking into it. Meanwhile, John's going to tell us all about when when does this. You gotta be you gotta be careful on information, John. As, as we talk about all the time, whenever you're trading, and Greg knows this, you when you get a piece of information, you can't be so arrogant as to think you you're the only guy with the piece of information. And the question is, how many guys got it before you, guys or women? Have they already traded on it? Is it already up because of that, or already down because of that? I mean, if, if Greg gets the crop report, is he gonna be so arrogant to think he's like Beaks? He's the only one with the crop report, or somebody got it before him. Now, we've got all this stuff going on in China. There seems to be a lot of news someplace. Uh, Evergreen did the Chapter 15 last week, like three years after people stopped talking about Evergreen. And there's these other guys. Was it uh, Country, country Guard? Country Guard. It sounds like a... Sounds like, I don't yeah. know what it sounds like. It sounds like a suburban housing development. Yeah, it does, doesn't <laughs> it? And, uh, so now these guys... All of a sudden, other than them being in trouble, and that they're four times bigger than Evergreen, all of a sudden I haven't heard a stitch of news of you. I mean, no, it, and, you know, and Xi Jinping in all of this time it hasn't been seen since July. I just read somewhere you can't find too much about his absence, although he's come in and out of public view in the last couple of years. With, you know, kind of it's kind of a strange pattern that's being set up, and other other people below him that have been you know, pushed off the stage or. You know, imprisoned or liquidated, or God knows what happened to them. So there's there's you know tr- catastrophic flooding in China. You got horrific you know economic data that they're trying to suppress. You got this you know Evergrande bankruptcy resurfacing in the news, and a host of other stuff that the Chinese I think are are losing control of, or at least maybe losing control of the ability to to control the narrative. And I don't. I, I just see that as, as, as a terrifying kind of setup for what could happen here, too. Well, John, when you have these, a ghost city, if, if you were to ask them, uh, as they say in the South Side, if you were to ask them and say, gee, uh, Mr. Zing, uh, nobody's in the city. Is, is there a date at which they're going to open it up and the people who have bought in there are, gonna, are all going to move in that week or month or six-month period? Is there, is there even a target date, or is it or nothing? I don't think there's any target dates. And imagine what it would take to to resuscitate some of these cities. I mean, they've been they've been half finished, you know, in very various states of, of disrepair, with nobody living them and nobody is maintaining them too. So um, there, there's something, you know, bad. <laughs> The, the the crop failures, I think, are, are the, one of the most interesting things. Have you seen the, those satellite photos of these planted fields in China? But when you you know, there's people who have taken pictures at you know ground level, and these cr- things that look like crops from satellites are nothing more than iron stakes in the ground with pieces of rock affixed to the top. 
and they're pl planted in rows as if you would you know sow a field of something cotton whatever and from a satellite photo it looks like this land is under you know, successful cultivation except there's nothing being grown there at all and it would be just like the chinese to pull some kind of you know stump like this because they know you know everybody's can spy this way and know what's going on and if they can send a, a mixed message or a wrong message as a way of you know putting off you know it's in their best interest to do that because they are a yes. food importer and having global crop prices go down because if there's you know they're saying they're feeding more people than they are i mean that's right. in their best interest to push prices yes, down this, so they can this buy. Would be right in their playbook right i agree I mean, maybe from an economic standpoint it makes perfect sense it's pretty easy to fool the technology if, you know, if you're relying on satellite photos to, to make global geopolitical determinations about food prices. So. Well, they, these guys had, uh, I remember actually talking to uh, the original, not the original Mayor Daly, but the Mayor, Mayor Daly uh, second over at the club one day, and he was telling me, he, he, uh, he was talking to one of the big Chinese guys who came over and visited back then. And he goes, how many cities, the turn of the 19th century, uh, did they even have... Any cities bigger than Chicago? Or they had a couple, and now they've got like twenty or something. You know, it's the the amount of what we see here in this country, just in terms of a scale. And I'm not I'm not giving the Chinese any kudos here. I'm just saying, just in terms of scale. I mean, when the Great Migration was basically a lot of the Southern share sharecropper worst deal going since since slavery. Blacks uh, coming up here, essentially on the, the city of New Orleans on the train or the bus coming to Chicago and getting jobs in factories. And got a, and in doing so got way better way better money, way better life, blah blah blah. Uh, we that's that's history that you can't change, right, John? I mean, it, it happened. Yep. Well multiply that by like God knows how much and talk about China. When one of uh, the people when Chris used to be on the show, when he went over to China, the, the average family plot in China in some of these areas is like an eighth of an acre. It's enough for chickens and God knows what else. And what else you were growing? I mean, some beans maybe or something. So the amount of people that moved from the agrarian area to the cities over a two-decade period makes the Great Migration here look like chump change, doesn't it, Chad? I mean, well, and, and the same th same thing happened in Ireland. Yeah, but then the, the cities. When you say why in God's name would anybody build a city before there was anybody there? Well, that's why. I mean, the way they did it and making people pay for it in advance. I think they actually some people own some of these condos they can't move into and stuff. And a lot of it was debt from Evergreen and these other people. And it, it's, it turned into be, as the developments slowed or stopped, now you've got this massive issue. I mean, am I summarizing this somewhat okay, Jan, or no? Yeah, and, and you add to that, too, Tom, the fact that, you know, when they've, in this, this recent, you know, flooding episode where they were decimating villages, say Beijing and other large population centers, and kicking people off of, of land. I mean, this is the whole scheme, I think, has been let, we need a kind of housing pattern that enables us to warehouse people as we decide where it's best to warehouse them. And this will mean evicting people from privately held farmland or whatever. It's the state that's going to be controlling that end of the economy. And it's a lot easier to control your population when you lock them up in high rises than if they're sprinkled all, all over the countryside. Well, yeah. So and this, is, this, this is, you know, it's all part of a strategy, I think, too silence dissent and to demoralize people and to you know seal them inside their homes as what was happening during COVID if you have to you can't really do that in an agrarian setup so 
Well, I just, I, uh, the, 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 it, it's a, it's a massive undertaking under their, in their part, and they're not doing it very well. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying. No. That. And people here no. couldn't wait to get over there and, and spend money and and. and well, I don't know. Labor. Do we have any real better ideas on how to keep? No, we're not doing any better. Billion about people, stuff. kind of in the same. Well, they. Know, I, don't, I don't know how well, you. Well, first do they it. told people not to have any kids. Then yeah, it seems like they knocked off. Half their old people with COVID somehow. Yeah, we're a little too far with that. Yeah, You know, I I don't I, mean, I don't know what the and they, and they continue to have this political system. If they didn't have the Communist Party, they probably would have fractured and broken up a, a while ago. There's yeah, there's there's too many people and too much stuff going on for just one government. So, well, I mean, some of the stuff they've done, we had a couple. Like I said, we had those agrarian, and they're not self-sufficient anymore. I mean, they used to be able or when it was less sophisticated they could feed themselves and, and such but now they can't them they're importing maybe 40 percent of their food right and they're extremely sensitive to to uh prices like then well yeah and, and now we have well they have less manufacturing going on not sensitive and, and, and a lot of you have to buy food for people it's just how much, how much does it hurt how much of the how much of the top people in the party stolen from the camp from the rest of the population or it's worse than here well every i think every member of the party is stolen from the population that's why the party you know maintains its control and is always seeking more they just they just steal more and more all the time i think that's that's the key to being in the party and this you know, one of the reasons why this is an untenable situation over the long haul, I well, think. And we have we have uh, programs here to steal the people that did the stealing, right? We have uh, in Canada for a long time. If you had two hundred and fifty grand, you could become a citizen, right? From China. Yeah. And here, what's our deal here? The <clears throat> little-known favor college. If you come over here with enough investments, enough money to where ten pe- is it? Ten people you hired, Jen? Eight people? If you can, if you can prove you created ten jobs over here, how many how many citizens do you get? You and your family and a couple other people. How many, you get you get to be citizens. Yeah, yeah. Well, citizenship is cheap in this country. Well, it's not I, worth well, I mean, I'm saying that uh, we do that uh, for those guys. And how many how many people here even know that? Well, not not enough to make a difference, I think. But you know, the, the, if more people knew about it, it would tolerate it. The uh, yeah, it's I mean, but but this stuff continues to happen, and it's it's all around us, all kinds of crazy stuff. But what do you, when when does when or if the people here who invested over there can we count on? I'll just pick a name out. Can we count on BlackRock to have seen this coming to the point where they've managed to hedge for it, they've managed to uh, put money aside for it. That if something absolutely blows over there to where everybody knows somebody's not getting paid, because I think people aren't getting paid right now. Matter of fact, uh, uh, this, this country place isn't paying this week, right? No. Uh, no they're, they're so, and I think their bonds have stopped trading. Yeah, they, they stopped trading with like 12 different bond issues or something. So when, when one day to guys like Greg and me walk in and say, for clients and for ourselves, we need to short this market, or I'm not so sure ever. I mean, uh, it's hard to tell, isn't it? No, at, at time we're, we've all been, you know, sold a, a line that the big places, BlackRock, Vanguard, whatever, are big enough and smart enough that they would never participate in or look the other way if if something were, were you know, 
totally fraudulent or totally a Ponzi scheme. Um, they, they would never be that deeply seduced by, by that kind of wealth. And I think that's foolish. Of course they would be. Why not? They'd be the only thing in history that didn't grow and grow and grow and got so big that it thought it was invincible and then finally exploded. Well, so I mean, uh, <coughs> two, year, <coughs> excuse me, two years ago, if you were on TV, <coughs> instead of saying AI, you said China, right? China, China. Yeah. Maybe three years ago, before COVID. But the uh, it was a big deal to be over there. And now, you know, I mean, is Apple, what's Apple going to do? Are they going to get, are they just going to be able to gradually withdraw without a problem? Or are they are they locked in somehow? Are we going to see a problem with those guys? Well, you, I think you may see, like what Kevin sent around last night or this morning, you know, you know, auto manufacturers moving to Mexico or, you know, manufacturers setting up shops in Brazil. And I think the, the gloss is off China, but that doesn't mean that the problem is fixed and, you know, by any stretch. And as long as we, you know, we have to look elsewhere to think we can make money or, you know, have a, a stable business operation and we don't think about workers in this country who aren't being trained or paid salaries, um, we're just making the same mistake but using a different country to excuse it for. So. Jenna, I would just love someday, because we didn't have enough to do, even though you're not Mr. Accounting Guy, bring you in on this. I would love to just go over, if we could, like, stop time for a week. If somebody did move their factory to someplace, Mexico or somewhere, the end of the day to find out if it was really worth it to them. In terms of everything. Moving people. Well, you'd have to you know, get somebody's definition of what being worth it means, and I don't think you could ever get enough people to agree on that to change policy. Well, I mean, worth it to you know, the shareholders, not not to some you know CEO to money got paid off or something. I'm talking about worth it to everybody involved. I mean, I, you just wonder... You know what what you would need in terms of training and how much less how many hours are are actually in a car or, or, or a truck we're talking about Chrysler moving uh, wanting to move threatening to move a plant from one of the Detroit suburbs that makes the light duty pickups must be to Dakota or something huh? uh, down to Mexico okay how many people what are you paying here what is your cost per hour not not pensions and stuff you still got to pay that what is your your uh, you know New cost per hour. How many hours are in a car? I think there's like 35 hours in a car, something like that. You know, maybe more, but I've, that's what I've read. Maybe even less. All right, so you're going to save 20 bucks an hour down there. So you're talking what? 700 bucks. Well, a truck costs what? 50 grand. Yeah. Now, how much does it cost a, to a, ship? A cheap it truck. From, yeah. <laughs> how much does it cost to ship it from Mexico to here? Right. 1500 Okay. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Right out of the gate, I have a question. A couple of questions, right? I mean, are you, are you going to manufacture everything down there? Well, no, we're going to still do the transmissions up here. Now you got to ship those down there? Well, yeah. I don't know. What's, how much cost? Where does it cost to, tra- to ship them to Mexico versus Detroit? Well, like three times as much. Okay, let's put that on the list. Now, you are going to save. Maybe you don't have any pensions. Maybe nobody gets a vacation down there. Maybe you don't give a crap about hospitalizations. Probably a lot about hospitalization, I would guess. Uh, I, I don't know that you make it work. Jen, plus, what's, no. what, is it, what is the cost of, of movement? Well, use the Mitsubishi you know, case as an example, Tom. Remember when they came to normal Illinois, built that plant? That's, what, 15, 20 years ago? Maybe more. Maybe closer to 30 years ago. I'd have to check my dates. Uh, big, you know, 
tax credits, you know, give you all the land, all the infrastructure, everything you want to build this gigantic, you know, manufacturing plant for automobiles. And what did it last, 10 years? The J- Japanese pulled out. Is Mitsubishi, you know? they even have a, they have a brand here? Do they even sell here anymore? I don't think so. I mean, I haven't seen, you know, a new one on the street in a while. I see old ones occasionally, but but that was touted. That was going to be the you know the rebirth of the the corn belt. You know, Decatur, all these towns are going to bounce back because you know Mitsubishi went in, and Mitsubishi did that in other places too. And they were you know, who, who knows about Mitsubishi now? So wasn't I, I there just, some? Uh, wasn't there, wasn't there some uh, tariff dodging? Not dodging, but wasn't there something they were worried about tariffs going up and they wanted to. We're manufacturing here too, right? And the, the point is, all these things you know, where you can offshore it and it looks good, you know, today, and maybe it looks really good today, is never going to always look good necessarily, and it may may go south pretty fast. In any event, you know, if if we keep you know making the standards for emissions in this country more draconian, it doesn't matter whether you, whether you build the car cars in Chicago Heights or Brazil, you're not going to be able to drive them here. So. Well, yeah, that's, I don't a, that's know. an issue. We have some other hard thinking to, to worry about before we start, you know, thinking about where the bucks are to be made. Um, well, we're all going to be. Well, there's, all, there's always, you know, when it comes back to trading, there's always, you know, as Greg would mention, is that there's always this kind of cloud hanging over stuff. You never know. You think you hear stuff that nobody else hears or people aren't focusing on, whether it be bad stuff or good stuff. I mean, most of the time uh, it might be considered bad or not, but, well, it's bad because you look at the market and you say, what what could screw up the party? Well, the, the party's been kind of screwed up here for the last few weeks. A lot of these stocks are down 10%, but they were way up. But you sit there and say, what what could cause my stock that I really do believe, and I really like this 3M, I think it's worth 100 bucks. It's By the way, it's 138 up 37 cents this morning. I really like the company I'm around forever. I mean, I got, everybody uses all their stuff. doesn't look like, you know, their PE looks good. They're paying a dividend. I sort of believe in the U.S. economy. But the first, but the next thing in your mind has to be okay. What what could make me wrong? What what could, what what could come out? We'll find out how many people are broke. I mean, the, the thing about the because uh, I was tongue in cheek talking about BlackRock and those places. Whenever this happens, Jan, and, and it seems to me that it's it's never the person that you think is in trouble. It's always somebody you never thought of. Right, somebody never heard of usually. Yeah. And I would I would say that. You know, Greg, he likes to admit that he's wrong, just like me. I would, I would have guessed if we'd had a. I'm never wrong. There you I don't go. know what you're talking about. There you <laughs> go. But and I would say that if we would have had a, a poll of all uh, Stacks and Jacks contributors two weeks ago, what would probably be something that would cause the market to go down? Give me, give me your top five choices. I don't think any one of us would have put a downgrade by Fitch in that on their list. Would you, Greg? No, no. I mean, I, I mean, it's I mean, in there, in there, or, or the Evergrande bankruptcy, yeah. or you know, you name it, yeah. or even, or even coming out and saying, even you know, th- three days or a week after the Fed blesses these guys with their stress test, somebody comes out and says, um, downgrading these banks, and oh, by the way, the ones they just said are really good. I'm putting on credit watch. Well, I, I would not have expected that. Those guys have no. been silent for decades, you know, uh, and yet somehow, somehow it happens, you know, Janet. And if, if there's a problem in China, it's going to be, you know, the first first national bank of Botswana or somebody saying that they're in, in their eyeballs to, what who do you think carries all the debt on this? Uh, what was the the road strategy where China was putting all the stuff in? Belt and Road. Oh man, yeah. is that all Chinese money or is that other people from around? I don't have no idea. I think you know it's this money they've 
hope to make in other countries where they're doing this. It's a Ponzi scheme to some extent, I think. You know, it's about quick returns, and when it, when things don't go too well, they've got the option where they can effectively nationalize the thing and you know, get a big piece of real estate in a foreign country, and they get bargaining power on the political stage that they thought before was just you know an economic investment, and now it's turned into something else. So it's got some contingencies built into it that make it a good idea even if the business itself doesn't if the project ever gets finished or it doesn't work right or whatever but i think it's it's at some point it has to run out because there is not i just don't see them generating enough new capital we'll have to break with, kind of if you want to hang a little bit i'll talk a little bit about how the import export bank used to work here because pullman did a lot of work do, uh, using that and doing overseas projects when i was there uh i didn't know much about it about them, but they had but uh, kellogg uh, Kellogg of now Kellogg Brown and Root was was part of Pullman at the time, and so was uh, Swindell. You've heard of those guys, haven't you, John? Uh, yeah. They make uh, they make stacks. Don't call them chimneys; they're stacks, right? Yeah. SP futures up twenty. Nasdaq futures up one hundred three. Be right back. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 799 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it is time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. 
Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Al. We have Matt, Matt Byrne on the board. SP Futures up 17, so down a little bit, but still up pretty good. NASDAQ Futures up 92. Again, this is coming off a crummy week. Dow Futures are up 106. Over in Asia, we've got the uh, Nikkei up 114. These guys are clobbered last week. Up 0.4%. Hank Seng, however, is down another uh, 1.8%, down another 327. These guys are... Uh, well in the bear market territory here at 17,623. We thought they were going to get under 19,000. They're way under that. Shanghai down 38, 3,092. I, they're threatening to go under 3,000, but I hope they do not. Uh, as a way of review, Friday was kind of a mixed bag. Dow was up 25, S&P uh, down 60 cents. NASDAQ down 26, but certainly no bounce after the crummy week. We're in Europe. The DAX up 96.6%. Putsy up 26, they were up more earlier. 0.4%, Kakaron up 72, that's a full 1%. So bullish bullish in Europe pretty much across the board. Uh, Bonds up 5 basis points, 4.30. Uh, it's another climb in the 10 year. Uh, the Bund up 5 basis points, 2.67. Japan up 2 basis points, 0.65. Oil on the drive up 115, that's 1.4%, 82.40. Again, uh, pretty, you know, danger of ducking under 80, uh, and then it's back over it. Rent up 96 cents, 85, uh, 75 natural gas up 6 cents, 261. RBOB unchanged at 281. We've got gold up 550 now, it's 0.3%, 1922. Kind of a dead cat bounce there, it's been a lousy few weeks. Uh, matter of fact, it's a loitering near five month low. Silver up 45 cents, 2319. Copper unchanged, 371. And crypto down another 108, 26,017. Things down from 30,000. That's a big move in the last week and a half. And we have the U.S. dollar uh, down a little bit, but the pound's uh, still at 127. The euro's still 109. We keep bouncing back and forth across those two numbers, but no big movements there in the last couple of weeks. We have for us traffic weather sports. Yeah, good morning. It is currently 7.36 a.m. on August 21st, 2023. The weather in Chicago currently 72 degrees with a high of 80 throughout the day. Mostly sunny skies throughout the day with mixed clouds. This week, we're under an excessive heat watch in Chicago. We're expected to have a high of at least 90 degrees or more from tomorrow through Thursday, with a high of 101 degrees on Thursday. Down in Phoenix, Arizona, cloudy skies, 81 degrees currently, a high of 95 today. In the MLB yesterday, Cubs won against Kansas City Royals 4-3, and White Sox won as well, 10-5 against Colorado Rockies. Tonight, Cubs play Tigers at 5.40 p.m., and White Sox, home with Mariners, catch that at 7.10 p.m. The NFL wrapped up the second season of the preseason yesterday. Saturday, uh, Bears lose to Colts 24-17, marking their first loss in this preseason. And of course, in golf, the BMW Championship wrapped up yesterday. Top player was Victor Hovland of Norway, with a score of negative 17 and total earnings up to $3,600,000. Behind Hovland was Matt Fitzpatrick and Scotty Scheffler, tied at 15, uh, score of negative 15, and $1,760,000 in winnings. So for now, Chief, back to you. Do we have Audrey? We do indeed. Hey, Art, how are you? Hi, good morning, everyone. We still, morning, have, still have Mr. Jan. We're talking about uh, um, trading and information and how do you get the information fast enough. If you get it real fast and you trade on it, you're ahead of everybody else. Or if you don't do anything, then you're behind everybody else. It, it's always kind of odd as to what 
when when all of a sudden everybody's going to recognize a piece of information they don't always recognize it when it happens what uh what what do you think god you see what's happening in your business first of all explain to everybody what's happening but the mortgage rates are over seven now right so you're even though you've still got clients and still doing stuff your your range of people that are willing to do stuff keeps getting lower and lower doesn't it no, that's not that's not the problem. The problem is with from me is I have plenty of buyers, but there's just no inventory. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. That, that's out there. Uh, the people that I have that are, are it's not seeming to the tear them. It hasn't been an issue. So might as well there's nothing to sell them. Or the fact that people don't want they still want to buy. I mean, there's no. It's not going back to three. And if it goes back to five or six, then you could refinance. But sitting around, uh, for most people, it just isn't an option. Well, the people you're 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 not getting anybody saying, "I've got the three bedroom, I need a four bedroom. I'm dumping my place at three and I'm buying one at seven. I mean, that that group that that's not really happening, is it? Well, that's why there's no inventory. Yeah. If you don't have to, but uh, you know, for a lot of people, they have have to move and unfortunately it's not always a, a happy situation it could be a death a divorce or a job transfer or uh, you know a, a people downsizing so a lot of times it's not even that you want to it's that you have to and you just have to make the best of it but there are buyers and actually um, Nancy and I talked yesterday and one of uh, her clients but she was able to get them a six point nine nine. Uh wow, that's pretty well now that's great. Yeah, which yeah, which is going in and that's with a buy down of like point though. So you have to you're actually paying one percent to buy that down. But I think it's worth it. And then you know, but it'll probably I would say our interest rates will probably back off in another six to eight months a little bit. But, you know, if we're we're going to be the the sixes, the fives you know the pipe pipe dream of waiting to get another three percent that ship has not sailed so uh, if this is the reality and you know people are just adjusting to it because it's just it's kind of the same way that everybody uh was used to a dollar 89 gas and thanks to our buddy Biden, now we have uh, four fifty five dollar gas but if you want to if you don't want to walk then you're going to put gas in your tank it's the same thing well what um how this is, you know, kind of a gross generalization, but I mean, you're, you're right, right? I mean, people have uh, the prices they have in this area have not dropped. Some areas they have. I mean, some of the areas that were really up there. I mean, in San Francisco, and those areas are what down like twenty percent or something. I mean, They're always crazy out there. Yeah, but I mean, but yeah, here plus the living conditions are so great out there. I heard they had a earth five point one earthquake out there yeah. this morning. Out. Yeah, we've had earthquakes here, not not as not as often, but you know. I was. Down I remember the earthquakes we had here. It was pretty scary. Yeah, well, there, we had one. Uh, God, we were still in a three twenty-seven building. And we were on like the seventh floor, and all of a sudden, a chair and a table started moving. And somebody goes, "What's going on?" I said, "Well, <laughs> unless somebody's taking this building down, we're having an earthquake." It was a real tiny little one, but you, you could feel it at the seventh floor. I remember being in grammar school uh, at home, and all of a sudden, everything started to sway and uh, it, it feels like it almost feels like you're having a dizzy spell until everything starts to rattle 
And I remember my mother yelling up, going, what are you doing? I'm like, what do you mean, what am I doing? The whole house is moving. Uh, so that was actually a very big earthquake for Illinois. It was from the uh, that big fault that's in southern Illinois, yeah. you know, that radiates up all through here. Was that the Earth November 68 one, Audrey? I remember I mean, that one. November yeah, wasn't that something? See, you remember yeah. it, too. Yeah. It was out like down Lawrenceville or somewhere way down south of Illinois. You're exactly right. But look how, how far that traveled. That's a pretty big fault line if something ever did give way. There's a, uh, boy, I don't know, this is this is an assignment for Jack because he can find all this stuff. Uh, when I first, on my first trips to New York when I was on the board of the SIBO in 92, took uh, the then departed, uh, the long ago Midway Airlines, they were still around, I think. Yeah. And uh, their magazine was in the, in the thing in front of it was the Chicago Magazine. And somebody had written in there, boy, I should have, I should have absconded it. I won't say stole it. I should have absconded with it. It was about a 30-page article on, hur- on uh, hurricanes and earthquakes and the buildings and the New Madrid Fault and where all the faults are, all the construction in Chicago and which, what would survive and what wouldn't. And it was, it was pretty darn sobering. And uh, you know, there, there's a fault under the East River in New York. Yeah, I did know that. I mean, it's, it hasn't. It, it doesn't move until it moves, but they yeah. talked about the buildings in Chicago and how the uh, the place like where I live, the three and four, where you live, Jan, we're toast. There, there's virtually no lateral support for the the you know the three and four story walk up brick buildings. That's why when you see them being built now, you see those little metal things that kind of go up and into the next layer of brick. Those are actually earthquake uh, protectors. I did not know that, so I read this article, but. Th- that your Sears Tower and those things that are anchored to the bedrock are real, they'd probably survive. The other buildings, like your 440, those places were just on case ends. Even though they're supposedly earthquake protective, it's a real big one, they, they won't be able to slide enough or whatever. I mean, but it was, it was absolutely fascinating where there are faults. I never dreamed it was one in New York, right in the middle of the city. But there, but there is. And, uh, and it's, it's, like I say, it was a, it was a pretty sobering article. And, uh, so yeah, those people in New York or California had an earthquake while it was pouring yesterday, right? Yep. Hey, when, yeah. was, uh, that, when was that big earthquake uh, that actually changed the, the course of part of the Mississippi River? Eight, 18, 1811, yeah. Yeah, 1811 yeah. or something. The New Madrid one, yeah. Yeah, right around Kentucky, Alton, Kentucky, Illinois Kentucky, or something, wasn't it? Around Alton? Well, it, yeah. well they, they explained all that in this article. Well, I remember this article. I should try and find it, but the, when you have an earthquake in a mountainous area, it dissipates relatively quickly. Not when you're flat ground; it travels forever. And it said this one they thought was a, I, I boy, memory was. I think they said it was like a, a, a nine or nine or eight something something here in Illinois, but it was still a six in Boston. It just keeps traveling on, on flat ground. How it got through the Appalachians, I don't know, but but it, it stopped clocks in Boston. Which is pretty scary. So let's not. Let's there not were help. accounts of people like trappers and hunters on the Mississippi the year after that 1811 and 1812. There were a series of quakes, but there had been you know these stands of huge pine trees, you know, 100 feet tall, some of them. And the next year, all these trappers were completely disoriented because there were just like a couple of inches at the top of the pine trees poking out of the river. The whole forest had just sunk. Oh, yeah, it's scary stuff. Because, well, that, that's what happened. It, it's not. It's not a. It's not a shift like a San Andreas fault where one shifts north and south versus the other one. The whole thing just dropped, right? Right. It's just it's a it's a depression kind of anyway. Long story, but um, 
uh, Nance was on last week, and John was on. We were talking about how, where, where if anywhere, is is the risk in the mortgages? If, if there is something that causes people to have to move and have to sell houses, which we sure as hell don't want, the, the banks hang on to some of the jumbos, right? The rest of the stuff, the the banks, which you know these people are downgrading banks now, they should be all right with mortgages, all right, for both you guys. I mean, it, unless they're yeah, jumb- I don't I don't see. Uh- you know, and plus, you know, banks sell their mortgages all the time. You you close and they're already selling it to somebody most of the time. Right. So that's not a particular. And this is nothing. This is nothing like the, our last recession was, where you know, if a monkey walked in in a suit, that you could get a hundred five percent mortgage. You know, it's pretty darn hard to get a mortgage right now. You know, there it's very very different. So this is not not the same. Well, what uh, in terms of if, if you did a. Oh God! Uh, they call them a stress test now. Uh, I guess we did back in the day too. Something something like that. But m- when you when you drop a, this is I guess this is so general. But how how when when you say oh, people are, are are you know they're not they're paying somewhat the same price even though the it's not the same people. I get it. But where they used to get a three and a half, now they're getting a seven. How how stressed. I mean, you've commented on many occasions that what is what that's meant to you is is you better find a place in total walk-in condition because there's no way those people generally can afford to put a roof on next month. I mean, it's, they're all in on the mortgage. Is that is that even worse now or, or than it was? I mean, if if one person loses a job, can the other person usually carry the place or not? How much is the increase in insurance when Nancy goes through the the stuff, the increase in insurance, and maybe even some taxes. How much is that affected? I'm going to bet that some of the stuff you sell to people who have a big down payment, their insurance and taxes are more than their mortgage. Am I wrong on that or not? Uh, I don't think insurance has is, is changed that much. Uh, you know, you're talking about oh, think from my house, you, you know, what did it move up a hundred dollars? Maybe. I mean, that's. So it's not, not like Florida. Yeah, it's not like thing. it's not like Florida where it's like tripled or anything like that. I mean, we're our section of the country here is okay. No, we're not. No, like, no, no. Okay. We, we're lucky enough to at least we don't have that problem yet. No, I, you know, the, well, taxes in Cook County, Cook County are, are are crazy. All through here, they're just you know, I think taxes are ridiculous, which is you know why we're losing population to other states and. Uh, that flight is real. You know, I have people that are going, I'm just leaving, I'm retired, or I got a job transfer, I'm out of here. You know, but now the other side of the coin is people who left for Indiana, let's say, three to eight years ago. They still got the bargains on the housing market, and there are no more bargains in Indiana. Uh, Indiana has woken up the housing stock is probably getting very comparable to ours. There's a lot of building going on, and they are not cheap. I have friends who just uh, bought a townhome uh, for their parents, and a two-bedroom townhome with a two-car attached garage. Nice, very nice, but it was four fifty. so it's not like they're giving them away there either. I've been out of the nitty-gritty for a while, but do you still see relocation companies involved in transactions where a company would would get you out of your, your house, and you could you know get your money, leave if you had a job transfer, move someplace else. And the relocation relocation company would hang on to your property and market it, 
and find other people maybe who are transferring in or something. There used to be a thriving business in that, but do you see any of that anymore? Are there relocation companies at all? Oh, you're fu that's so funny you said that. I've actually had uh, two reload, uh, not myself, my buyers had dealt with two reload buyers, uh, reload sellers, excuse me, uh, this summer. And you know what, they, 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 they were handling it differently. On this one, they were housing the people. Uh, they weren't, they, they didn't make them use uh, a preferred realtor. They let uh, them use who they had, they gave them a choice. So they would, whoever they were using, they listed the house. They gave them housing expenses up here. I believe one of them had like six months to find a house. But as far uh, they didn't, they were not shouldering the burden of selling the house or providing the money. They were housing them, giving them expenses until they did find a house. So it wasn't like they were taking on the burden of the house. Company was taking the burden of the house and selling it. That was still on people. Yeah. Just as well, a, it's still alive. Just as a, this kind of sound like a really still there's still there. The big companies are, are, are moving people around. I've seen that. So Oak Brook seems to be pretty active with it. Uh, some of the big Fortune 500 companies out there, uh, my Baltro. So they're not they're not as anxious to say. Your house looks like it's four thirty. We'll just buy it from you. Go, but that's not okay, happening. Oh, you're going in and out. I did not hear what you said. I'm the, you're the one going in and out. But the, uh, uh, I, I think what's, uh, I, I, you're not. We're not seeing. They used to actually come in. Jen, you can explain this better. Than me, real company would say, we we want you up in Chicago. You're in St. Louis. Your house appraised out at four fifty. We'll give you the four fifty. Go. Yeah. That that you're saying, oh, that's kind of changed into. We'll help you out in the new place until you sell the place and find a new place yourself. Okay, you, uh, I may or may not lose you. AT and T and their wisdom about this time of day starts uh, rotating. I believe satellites, and a lot of times for an hour, my connection is unstable. So if I'm really? dropping off, that's why. Well, uh, just as uh, you mentioned, the we talked about the golf tournament this weekend. How am I going to tie this one together? And you talked about the taxes, and people might say. How do you have this incredible country club down in the south suburbs of Chicago, which now maybe are not as desirable as maybe they once used to be? I mean, 50 years ago, if you if you listed the suburbs of Chicago in terms of which was the, the highest income, you probably would have listed Kenilworth, and the next one would have been Flossmore, right? Then maybe we're not going to Olympia Fields, yeah. they Homewood, those were, they had, uh, they have still have some of those beautiful housing stock. Their but, taxes are not cheap down there either. Well, that's what I'm saying. Right now, you can buy essentially a mansion down there really cheap, but what's your taxes on? They're like 30 grand, aren't they? Uh, well, on some, but that's kind of, there's houses with taxes 30 up here also. So it's a beautiful home, and you're actually probably getting more of a home. I mean, some of these homes down are just gorgeous, uh, but again, they're, they're they're creeping up too. Though, as people are, are rediscovering the south suburbs, that market is picking up, and those homes are also bad. But then, then you then you sell a house there like five years ago for like one eighty, and the thing was gorgeous, and the, the taxes were thirty. That's why it was one eighty. Um. Yeah, they weren't that much, but it was. It was a it was a screaming buy, that's for sure. Uh, but it is all of a sudden people are just rediscovering and 
moving back uh, now or moving to there. I mean, before, it's not like it was on people's radar, but uh, I mean, like, to your point, you're by the fab that some fabulous golf courses. If you're a golfer, you can't really do much better than that. And, uh, you know, good transportation. Well, you did know. they did they lose the com- some commercial properties down there? Did a couple of shopping centers close or something? What caused all that? Taxes uh, go to the moon. I, I don't even I don't know much about what's down there. Was not my area that I, I'm in yeah, it Link, a lot. Lincoln Mall went belly up. Yeah, I'm saying Lincoln Mall went belly up, right, Jan? And yeah, that, that, hit that was a long time ago. Yeah. That was yeah, huge. That was that's got to be twenty five years. Twenty five years ago, yeah, tanks. Well, because I'm I'm just I guess my question is when when do we at some point, do we do we want to these ten year rates? They're now moving up to where they're almost equal to the five year rates. I got the ten year this morning at uh, four point three. The five, or I mean, the, the six month rates are still five point two, but there's not a two or three percent uh, distance as there was before. Are we? Is that going to keep going? And if the ten year rate goes up. I don't. I can't believe we're going to see eight percent mortgages. Do you guys? I do, Tom. I think we're going to see pretty soon. Where's where's the where do you think the choke point is, Ed? Um, nine. Well, nine would be something. But I don't yeah, think I, agree, we're, I don't I think we're going there. I think I, I John, you're right. I think we might see that blip, but I think we're going to see. I think it's going to come to start easing down after that, particularly because. Uh, whether you know you believe in orchestrating events, I do. Uh, still, closer election time comes, the more they're going to try to uh, yeah. get that interest rate down a little bit. What is the uh, what you got that big development going on right by you? That you know we see every time we drive away from your place. Uh, you told me that those guys they have commitments, and some of the townhomes and and, the, and some of the houses. Now, they can't get they can't get this rate locked in. A year before the place is done, can they? What? How far out? Well, a lot of developments do. They have their own thing and they lock it in, and that's the, a lot of times they can offer people a better rate. I mean, that's not uncommon that you you have to use their lender, and but you get you know a lock in at whatever you know. How long can a have. how long can a bank do that? I mean, how, how long? I mean, how, how what's the you long? Know, it depends. It depends on what their relationship is, how big it is, you know, that kind of thing. Is, is there a way, Jan, this may be more of a question for you, is, is there a way if you if you get a rate, see, I don't think you can do this, if you get a construction loan at, say, 6, when, when, the, when the rates were better, you can't turn and flip that to people for a mortgage, can you? At that no. rate? I didn't think so. No. You can, they're short they're two different animals. Yeah. So, I mean, because Nancy asked this question, you were on, Jan, I asked her how long can you... Because Kenny Polkieri did it. If you want to, you want to lock a rate in for like six months. You got to pay to do that, right? Yeah. What do you think? Anything over, usually anything over sixty, uh, forty-five or sixty days, depending on the type of loan you have. So maybe we'll ask Nancy this next week. So if I was buying a home that is not going to be ready for a year, can 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 she lock me in? You think about a year or not? I, I don't. I don't know. Not, well, if you're buying a home, you're going to buy it from the builder, and you're probably going to use their financing because they're going to be able to do that for you. Okay. I just, uh, at some point here, I mean, this has got to cause a little bit of a consternation. But then again, oh, you're right, nobody's moving. So for them, I mean, if you've got your home at 3% and you're still working, you're, you're, you're doing fine, right? 
I mean, or if your home is paid off, you don't care right, that you're going to yeah. go pay cash for the next home. Well, that's that's kind of the so, group that you've been you've been hanging with, the guys that I'm hanging with. Those have been a lot of the people. Know. That's even now it's typical uh, blue collar South Side. If you want to look at that, there's a lot of people who have paid off their homes, live very modestly, have a little nest egg, and when they sell their house, they've got the money to to just you know, buy something else. They're maybe not going to go crazy, but they're going to be able to purchase something and go seamlessly from one place to another. So it doesn't affect people like that. So they're not the people that John's seeing a high, high-end restaurant and bars every night. They're not out spending their well, dough. What? Well, if this market crashes, it'll affect them too. And, uh, yeah. I think this, uh, this market is heading towards that. People are shocked that the market actually goes down. But, uh, you know, this is trending again for a reason. And again, I think that when they think the market should go down, then whoever they are, the market will go down. And I think we're seeing it now. Um, what uh, we were talking earlier about trying to find information about the who's who's up their eyeballs in China. And front, the really got me on this subject is last week, CNBC had an article about who would, who's uh, liable for Chinese debt in Europe. Now, I guess the three of us got to go over to Europe and we can find an article over there saying who's liable for Chinese debt in the U.S.? They're all t- well, you, I can't believe you trust CNBC. So you know, why would you listen to them? I, I mean, you you can't you can't get your your information from the mainstream media. You'll never. No, know. no, I'm not talking so, about the talking heads. I actually have some pretty good writers that don't that never get on TV. I'm talking about the site. There's actually some pretty information in some of the articles, but th- none of those people ever get quoted on TV. They write the art. They write the good articles, do they, Jed? No. Yeah, well, China's in a lot of tr- uh, trouble with their real estate market, so that's going to have some ripple effects too. Yeah. The uh, anyway, but uh, uh, thank you uh, as usual. Good stuff. We're XP futures are only up twelve now. As if you're up seventy-two, I'm not much of a technical guy. We'll have somebody talk about the technical stuff. But all right, I'm going to say if this if this rally doesn't hold today, and we we fall out out again the night in the close, that's not good. Not good at all. We'll have to see. Jam, what are you, are you are you watching this all day long, or what are you watching? Are you watching? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I have to like limit my you know, curiosity time because I get too upset. <laughs> God, so I, I space it out during the day. Well, you know, one of these days I want to maybe uh, and, and maybe we'll get Mike uh, to call in on Thursday when you're on because I want to I want to talk a little bit about this uh, uh, what's going on in the college sports and not so much and we, we can we can uh dan janitas will be here on thursday in the office go have his segment and he'll probably want to pipe in too but so this whole idea of of uh they just had a big survey this weekend of how many people think college kids get paid and how many people should, they should be employees and blah 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 and it's it's so interesting that it's as, as jack callahan used to say and, and odd knows him we don't know where we're going but we're well on our way i mean I mean, is, is 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 that described what's going on with college athletics now? We have no idea. Oh, yeah, we're, we're already there, Tom. Yeah. yeah, I mean, does anybody really think that we're gonna we're gonna pay everybody on the women's fencing team and the guys' wrestling team? Why they don't they don't bring in a dime? Or that we'll pay them the same? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't get it. Anyway, it's a it's a big conversation for us. SP is up twelve. Nasdaq up seventy four. Matt, nice job. Thank you, guys. Back tomorrow. Stocks and jacks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456.
Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. I don't need your business. I value it. I'm successful to the point where I don't need to chase your business.